Attention culture consumers, join me, the queen of queries, Sarah O'Connor, and my band of nerdy knights, Colleen McMillan, Flo Siegel, and Anders Drew, on Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms, especially that Star Wars galaxy far, far away. Listen each week as we examine the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share a deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC Animated Podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. Eddie. What? Oh. Psych. <laughs> Did that mean my record my song recorded? Some of it. Yes. <laughs> Once I realized you had the beat going, I they was were, like, click. Yeah, they were dope. They were dope tunes. I really dropped the beat there, so I'm not sad. I'm not mad. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Crack One Open, where I'll be dropping sick beats all day long. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll be busy with a mouthful of beer. There you go. Because we drinking today, mm-hmm. which is different than most. No, we always nope. drink. I will be drinking. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. First things first. After last week, I thought I might go hunting for some breaking beer news of my own. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Okay, okay. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was uh, news of a beer truck that overturned on a highway and spilled beer everywhere but from the pictures of the carnage it all looked like it was like bud and bud light so i was like eh, <laughs> whatever um but i did find one interesting piece um that i'm sure was purposely timed to coincide with earth day which was last week Ooh, okay um so new belgium released a new beer called torched earth which specifically tastes bad <laughs> to illustrate how climate change could affect the beer industry. It was made with low quality ingredients like used hop extract and dandelions that brewers could be forced to use in the future. So uh, it was like bootleg prohibition beer? Yeah. Uh, so New Belgium said that it wanted to make the point that climate change affects beer lovers everywhere. Do dandelions taste bad? Can you not make good stuff with dandelions? I, don't, I honestly don't know. Um, and just as a side note, if you, dear listener, would like to go back in our catalog to last fall, we featured New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin Ale. Ooh, that was so good. Uh-huh. So in that episode, you can hear about all the ways that the brewery is otherwise dedicated to sustainability, um, but also mostly how amazing that beer was. <laughs> is it weird that I really want to try this gross ass beer now? Oh, no, I I knew you would. <laughs> I just, um, can I just get like one? <laughs> just a single, please. Yes. 
And last year, actually, Fat Tire, uh, which is one of New Belgium's core beers, became America's first certified carbon neutral beer. Fun fact. That's cool. <laughs> I know you're, I know I you're not like, a fan. I don't like Fat Tire But it's cool that they have that title uh, under, the, under their belt. So this week, we are cracking open Gentle on My Mind, an IPA from Housatonic River Brewing, which is located in New Milford, Connecticut. That's funny because we're from Milford, Connecticut, but New Milford, Connecticut is super far it's away. It's so far away. <laughs> so Housatonic River opened in September of 2018 in a 3,200 square foot rustic river lodge featuring eight beers on tap, a stone fireplace, and an outdoor beer garden complete with picnic tables and fire pits. It rests on a seven acre property along the river, and this rustic feel is exactly what owner and head brewer Dave Littlefield had in mind when he envisioned the brewery. <laughs> Quote, people don't like it here. They love it here, said Littlefield. I didn't want to just be another brewery. People will see that the bar looks like the front porch of a log cabin and they'll tell their friends. Every piece was thought out. I had a vision of what I wanted and this is it. I wanted to create a place that I would want to go to. End quote. So Littlefield thought to open a brewery when his job with Tesla was being eliminated. Um, and he actually had a brewery in California 25 years ago and was an avid home brewer moving back to Connecticut in 1998. And no, I have no further information as to what brewery it was that he worked at. <laughs> <laughs> so considering that he worked at Tesla, though, and a company called Solar City prior to that, you can imagine that sustainability was an important consideration for Littlefield at the brewery. So Housatonic utilizes a water recovery program and has plans to install solar panels, which honestly may have already been installed because the article that I'm referring to is a few years old. Solar it up. Yo, don't businesses get a bigger tax break than even oh, I'm sure. homeowners do? Yeah. It doesn't Especially make sense not to. Especially if it's a big place to. and you can contribute back to the grid. Mm -hmm. The grid. The grid. Tron? No? Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> For real, though, that soundtrack was bomb. It is. Uh, so, again, <laughs> at the time this article was written, Littlefield also had plans to open a second location for packaging and to add more tanks to allow for a larger brewing capacity. Currently, they have a five-barrel brewing system, which is right out in the open view for patrons to take a sneak peek at what's coming. Mm. It might be a smaller operation, but Littlefield says that small batches just means that there is always something new and fresh on tap. This also gives the brewery flexibility to experiment with new and different styles every day. Every day? Every day. Wow. Every day. That's what it said. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so all of that was from an article on News Times because Housatonic's website is minimalist. <laughs> Yeah, let's go with that. Who's, who's Don? You need help with their website. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> so Gentle on My Mind is a New England IPA clocking in at 6.2% ABV. And their website describes it as pure juicy goodness with generous helpings of Citra, Amarillo, and Azaka hops. Amarillo. All right, here we go. Let's start with Citra and just get that out of the way, shall we? Citra hops, a.k.a. 114, were bred back in 1990, and Citra's lineage includes U.S. Tetnanger, Hallertau Mittelfra, Brewer's Gold, East Kent Golding, and an unknown variety of American Wild Hop. 
Citra went through extensive trials and testing, and the rights to this hop were held by three big breweries at one time, but they all ultimately passed on this hop. And then in 2007, the hop breeding company started to kind of shop it around to craft breweries, which is when the Widmer Brothers, Deschutes, which I still don't know if I'm saying that right, <laughs> um, and I Sierra Nevada. Right. Hmm? How else would you say it other than maybe Deschutes? Mm. It's actually pronounced Dieu. <laughs> De- <laughs> <laughs> And Sierra Nevada all agreed to co-found acreage to grow citra. So citra hops, as we know, are citrusy. They have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which make it good for bittering, but it's excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. This is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but it can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. Citra can lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. Next up, we've got Amarillo hops, which have a distinct flowery, spicy, and tropical note. They're considered dual purpose for both aroma and bittering, um, but they're often used for dry hopping to augment the lemony, orangey, like citrusy character in that particular brew. Amarillo hops were discovered by accident. Whoopsie! There was no (laughs) purposeful breeding intended for them, but they were found growing alongside Liberty hops at Gamache Farms in Washington in 1990. And they looked just a little bit different in size and color and the way that they grow. So the farmers knew it was different than the Liberty hops. They named it Amarillo because of its slightly more yellow color. And Amarillo is yellow in Spanish. So Gamash Farms owns all the rights to this variety and is the exclusive grower of Amarillo. So they're not easy to come by unless you're kind of a bigger commercial brewer um, because they get first dibs. It takes a long time before a hop becomes available to home brewers. To everyone. Right? Oh, yeah. Especially home brewers. Yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah. Third in line. <laughs> Last but not least is Azaka which is named after the Haitian god of agriculture. Azaka is a dwarf bittering hop that some brewers say is similar to New Zealand bread varieties of hops. Um, I mentioned this once before, but dwarf hops are named as such because they're bred to be shorter plants that can be hand-picked at the time of harvest, which allows the plant to stay connected to its root system instead of being ripped out of a trellis like a normal-sized hop plant would be. Um, And being smaller is also thought to make them less susceptible to powdery mildew, wilt, and root rot. Root rot. Root rot. So Azaka hops have a pleasant mix of tropical fruits and citrus. On the palate, it's spicy with notes of mango, papaya, pineapple, orange, lemon, grass, and pine. Pine. That's what I got. All right. So just kind of the basics. Yeah. You know, I did what I could. Citra and Amarillo. <laughs> and a Zaka. And a Zaka, which will give us that pine note. Give us a little West Coast kind of a feel in a East Coast kind of beer. Interesting. It could. It could. That's what I'm looking forward There's to. There's only one way to find out, though. Do I have to go grab the beer? Yeah. You got it, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You ready to crack it open? I guess. I mean, it's not like it's the name of the podcast or anything. I mean... Welcome to beer with Mike and Elise. <laughs> Probably come up on more search results. Probably. Didn't get any kind of 
there crazy was, aroma off the tap. At the yeah, beginning. it didn't like burst forth from <laughs> from the can like some do. This is a hazy boy with a nice foamy head. Yeah, it's got some nice foam on the tap. Been a while since we had some nice foam. Mm-hmm. Oh, you also poured a perfect head. Oh, cheers. So it smells kind of like an IPA. There's some pininess, definitely some stone fruit, mm-hmm. a little bit of that orange. Yeah, I guess Actually, citrus. I think I get more of that citrusy orange than I normally would. Mm-hmm. But not quite as much as, what was it, the uh, the moon one? Back to the moon? Moon Island. Moon Island. I don't know, like Back to the Moon. I don't know. Moon Island was the one that was very orangey though, right? Uh, last week? Mm-hmm. It was pretty orangey, yeah. There was also M43 was very orangey. Don't know if that's what I'm thinking. I'm think, probably thinking of Moon Island, but it could be M43. This is less orangey than that in terms yeah. of smell anyway. Yeah. But now it is time to drink. To drink. There's a lot going on in there. I get kind of, I think like passion fruit and peach. Yeah. A little I, bit of citrus. I get a little bit of that peach too, which is weird. And some pine on the back of it. Well, not not huge. Get, yeah. not, not like to tip it over to a West Coast style. This is definitely New England. I think I was expecting a little bit more pine once yeah. you said it had the Azaka hops. Mm-hmm. And it definitely, the Azaka hops, I think, were maybe there to balance out the other two hops Could more be. than give it a pine uh, flavor. That's true. Yeah. Really nice carbonation. I almost get a little of a biscuity note up front as well. I could see that. Yeah. I wonder if it, they have like a special house yeast or something. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little biscuity up front, which is cool. It's been a while since that I could also that. be due to. Let me double check. Do you have more info that you've been holding out on me? Well, no. Um, <laughs> so the Liberty hops that Amarillo was discovered next to, uh, Liberty hops are basically the American version of Hallertau Mittelfra. Mm-hmm. So. I'm wondering, you know, if Amarillo is, you know, even though it's not exactly Liberty, it might still have the properties of Liberty in some way. So you could be getting some of that noble hop. It's possible. Definitely. Yeah, definitely some biscuit now. But I think now my body, I'm I'm trying to focus on it. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to find it no matter what. I'm just finding that in the taste no matter what. It's a little biscuity, though. A lot of that orange peel kind of flavor does kind of shown through yeah um i don't know if i'm getting as much peach as i did in that first sip but no i there are definitely other flavors taking over now i would agree that definitely is very unique it's very interesting in terms of the taste that it's bringing through even though it's got some of the most overly used ipa hops yeah well not over well citra but the other two not so much it's got citra (laughs) (laughs) uh and I think actually the last couple of months we found a bunch of beers that have used Citra in a more interesting way. Yeah. Or I found a way to have Citra in a beer combined with other hops where the Citra doesn't dominate and just kind of be like, hey, I'm Citra because yeah. Citra, you're basic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you, Citra. <laughs> but now you're basic. <laughs> That's a devastating insult. You're devastated now. <laughs> I know. Right? In the words of one of my actual friends, you're basic. It's a human insult. It's devastating. You're devastated right now. It's like if we did an ice cream show mm-hmm. and uh, every mil- or milkshake show and every milkshake had vanilla. Yeah. And I love vanilla. Like I love Citra, but at some point you got to calm down. Or make it unique, which the like you said, these past few beers have done. 
Yeah, and this has really done a really good, this one does a very good job of toning back to Amarillo too, which I, I would love more of because I'm not sick of Amarillo yet. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, because it's kind of a new player on the stage, at least for us. But yeah, they do a good job of making all three of these kind of unique. It doesn't mm-hmm. taste like super citrusy. It doesn't taste super Amarillo-y. It doesn't taste super... Uh, Azaka. Azaka. It's just all there in a really nice... They play with very well together. Yeah, it's all really well balanced mm-hmm. in, in a way that mm-hmm. none of them, I think, overshine the other. And I think maybe Amarillo is there to be that middle ground for those two. Could be. Because if I yeah. think like a normal New England IPA or a normal IPA in general, I'm thinking it's got citra hops mm-hmm. pretty much right off the bat for the mo- most of the time. And, and you then, wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> if I'm thinking a West Coast beer, it's probably going to have some New Zealand hops in it or something that really brings out this pininess to it. Mm-hmm. And that Amarillo kind of in the middle is kind of the outlier where it's like, it's not crazy super stone fruit hit you in the face and it's not super piney. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what's balancing these flavors out and kind of being like, hey guys, hey, 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 play nice. <laughs> or he's sitting in the middle of a, of a seesaw so that they can't like. That's what I was picturing in down. my head when you said that, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, this is very good. I was expecting something much more, I don't want to say generic, so I'm not going to say this is kind of like out of the world different than other beers, but I was expecting something a little bit more like tolerable in, in a way, like, hey, it's Citra, it's an IPA. But this is very good. Yeah. This is very drinkable. It's very balanced. It's, I love, I really like the biscuity note that it's got to it. (laughs) I really dig the biscuit note. I'm trying to decide what kind of beer, like what time of year beer this is. Cause I feel like it's year round. Oh yeah. This is a year rounder. And I think that's because a, it's not like super piney, which I would associate more with the summertime. Mm -hmm. And then it's not super, I like, it's not heavy. heavy, hazy IPA, which I mostly associate with, you know, fall, winter, yeah. early spring. Yep. Just definitely not like summer where you want something a little bit more crushable and drinkable. Um, Would you say this is gentle on your mind? It is. It's a very <laughs> gentle beer. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like the mouthfeel is is really mellow. It's really light. It's not super bitter. I love how the foam has stayed with my beer throughout most of it. Mm-hmm. I'm about, I have a quarter left. And that foam is really there. And that's something else I was going to point out is. Yeah, we don't have most of the time that head goes away. Yeah, we haven't had a beer with good head since. The, Giggity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what, the Porter episode maybe? Probably. And even then only a few of those. Yeah. Like it's been a while since we poured a beer out that had a nice amount of foam on the top mm-hmm. that really let you kind of uh, play with those textures. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And and visually, which is, you know, 50 percent of. Food. Your experience yeah. when you're doing food is a big thing. And you, you when you're pouring beer, you kind of want a little bit of that foam up top. Mm-hmm. You want it to look like those old school uh, Looney Tune cartoons where they wipe the huge amount of beer foam off their yeah. mouth before they finish their <laughs> pint. But yeah, it's it's hazy, but it's not heavy. Like I could I can open up another one of these. Oh, absolutely. Easy. And at 6.2, it's really not. It's just like a regular beer. This yeah. is this is very good. I was a little afraid at first because we also have never had anything from Housatonic River. Yeah, yet. not that I can recall. Um, and they have just gotten into our liquor store. I guess it was a big display at our local liquor store. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, well, we got to find some Housatonic. I picked these out. Well, I kind of showed you the Housatonic and I had you pick them out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted your beer fessing to be as easy as possible. Um, but I would definitely go and try the other flavors now. Oh, for sure. 
Like this was, this is a good opening experience because it's not trying to be something that's overly different or unique mm-hmm. and yet presents a basic IPA and kind of, this is their take on it. And it's super drinkable, super fun and very balanced. Like this is a good. This is, yeah, just very drinkable. This is a good one for them to have put out as their initial, I don't know, five releases that if, if that is what it is. Yeah, this is definitely one of their core beers. They actually, <laughs> they have a van. I don't know if they self-distribute or not, or if maybe they deliver, um, but they had a picture on on social media where one of their vans is wrapped with the can art of this. Of this? Yeah. Well, this is a good one to put your foot forward on. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a beer that everybody knows, kind of. It's a, it's a style of beer that everybody knows. It's a t- style of beer everybody who likes IPAs anyway, especially on the East Coast, really like. Is going to flock to, yeah. Yeah, this is one that you put your best foot forward, and this is a really good beer. Mm-hmm. And if you prove that you do some of your simplest beers best, and I think this is what Andy said in our Dockside episode, mm-hmm. and other brewers have said this as well, it's, it's those simple beers that you do well that really make other people that appreciate beer and especially other brewers to know that you made a good beer. Yeah. Uh, it's like Andy was saying, if you make a good lager or pilsner, you've made a good beer. Yeah. And this is something that I think at least on the East coast is, that- is like, so everybody puts it out. Yeah, you're right. Like I, anyone can make a pilsner, but to make a pilsner, that's really, really good. You're going to stand out. Exactly. I might have another one of these after this episode's over. <laughs> this is really good. So It's not cold yet. Damn it. I won't have another one of these. Oh, I still have a little bit more in my can, though. Yay! It's like Christmas. Right? I was wondering how I was getting through it so fast. I was like, damn, I'm almost done with my glass. <laughs> my glass is big enough to fit a whole one. There we go. Would you like to talk about the can art? I would. So all the can art's really cool. It's what really drew my eye to that end cap. Mm-hmm. They're all tall boy cans, and they've all just got the... The wraparound, not the full label. This one, Gentle on My Mind, is underwater. Maybe even under the Housatonic River. Oh. Is it underwater? No, it's not underwater. I was wrong. It's on the water. I was, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but. (laughs) I thought it was underwater when I got it. Oh. I think it's just a night scene. On the water at night, yep. There was a dark, slightly cloudy sky behind a very calm river, behind a small brush with some trees and that is all dark it's all very blue it's all very different shades of dark mm-hmm. blue the trees are really cool and almost alien looking with slight designs in them and weird pods on the tips mm-hmm. it's like a very strange fantasy land and there are fireflies all over like little yellow fireflies all over the can as well on this setting it's just a calm river's night uh and then the logo gentle on my mind is written in almost like 1950s or 40s movie font, kind of it comes up and kind oh, of. Oh, I was getting kind of 60s vibes from it. a little bit. Yeah. I don't know about 60s. It's like kind of 1950s movie poster style font. Okay. Yeah. No, I can see that. And then on the top, it's got Housatonic River Brewing, New Milford, Connecticut. Uh, their logo, which is a barrel. It's a little hard to see because it's so dark on the, the can. And this is black. This is established as well, but I can't read it. 2017. And yeah, it's a really cool can. It's very blue. It's very muted. It's very dark. It really catches the eye, though. It really does, because the gentleman on my mind is more light purple, like a faded light purple, and a it's almost like turquoise, like lavender and and baby blue. Yeah, 
and it really pops out of the can. And then you're looking at the can and there's just a little bit of yellow dots on the blue background. It's really, really nice. There's so much detail to it. The bottom of the can says a combination of three hops creating a hazy, juicy goodness. It's got the independent crafts logo on it. Brewed in Oxford, Connecticut. The government warning and that's it. It's very minimalist in terms of the writing on the can. But all the cans are really cool like this. Another one. Mm-hmm. The, um, the Amarillo Sky. Yeah. Was yeah. all orange and yellow and really caught the eye as well. So mm-hmm. it was like one Definitely. shelf on the end cap it had was blue. To have been the, the other same one artist. was orange. I think all of them might be the same artist. But yes, they're all very eye-catching. Very good. I think that if you can find who's the Tonic River Brewing, I think you should check it out. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go ahead and safely assume that they're only within Connecticut at the moment. Yeah, they're younger brew they're a younger brewery, but if you pass through Connecticut, check them out. I know that we've done quite a few kind of local beers lately. Yeah. Uh but that's going to change next week for Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> Get ready for another six pack. So it's our six pack Cinco de Mayo series. We're going to find beer um we're going to try to do a spotlight just on Mexico or Mexican beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe throw in one or two Americans and four Mexicans if we can. Of Hopefully. <laughs> of uh, Mexican style cervezas. If we can't, maybe we'll throw in a couple of other Latin America countries as well. Although that kind of defeats the purpose of Cinco de Mayo. So yeah. we're going to try to keep it Mexican um, in terms of its style. But it should be a fun six pack series. Yeah. Uh, luckily cervezas are low in alcohol content, so Mm -hmm. we can actually go through without getting completely destroyed and actually finish them instead of dumping some out. (laughs) (laughs) RIP. Oh, there, there was no hope for the, for all those porters. That was, that was too much. That would murder us, especially since I have another podcast to do after this. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it should be a fun series. So we'll go over the history of the style of beer. We'll go over a little bit about what Cinco de Mayo is for people who only think it's when I get 20% off at my local Mexican restaurant. Uh, There's more to it than that. (laughs) Uh, And uh, how the style of beer kind of came to America and and how it's made and stuff like that. So it should be a pretty fun time, especially since starting last year, I think you guys saw that we were getting kind of into cervezas and we did a couple of them on the show and we talked about like a couple more that we even like as well. So Mm -hmm. that was a good time. And uh, yeah. That'll be next week. So, yeah. Thank you for tuning in this week. Ooh. <laughs> and if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. And subscribe to catch our future episodes, like next week. <laughs> you can find us on crackandwinopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at open. Or just shoot us an email at crackandwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we want to hear from you. Yeah, we do. Especially if you're a brewery. Yes. You want us to cover your beer no matter where you are. Just send us the beer or find, let us know how or we can get it. Or let us beer, know how we can find it. And we will get it. And we will review it. And we will drink it. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good time. <laughs> or you can also come on out to the show. Free advertising. If Yeah, if you want to chat with us, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Faux show, faux show. (laughs) What else you got to plug? I've got two other podcasts to do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast to do with my buddy Mike Field, where we look at films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the audience simply didn't catch on to the film in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, give you fun facts about its production, and always recommend you view it no matter what we think of it, because you never know, you might find your own forgotten gem. 
I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast I do with my buddy Dave, sometimes my brother Alex, where we're two guys who played way too many video games. Join us as we talk about PlayStation, Xbox, PC, VR, Nintendo Switch. We have it all. We play it all. Previews, reviews, all that good stuff. Both those podcasts are available on ForgottenEntertainment.com, their respective websites based on their podcast name, or wherever you get your podcasts. I've also got audiobooks. My name is Michael Butler. Look me up. I've got a few books. I've got Sour. I've got The Final Girl. I've got Coffee at Midnight. I've got Switch Art Fraud and Gangsters. They run the gamut from move from books about horror, fairy tales, short story collections. I've got a uh, The Murder of Kelly Christopher, which comes out soon. Or if you're listening to this episode in the future, it's already out, which is a kind of a murder mystery taking place with somebody who's doing a podcast, which is interesting. <laughs> Um, I don't write these. I just speak them. Uh, but I also don't make a dime unless you pick it up. So go ahead and help me quit my day job because I don't like it. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> and a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Now get more of these in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Biscuity.